2: the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. In studio, I am joined by Senator Lincoln Fillmore as well as a citizen, Marcy Campbell. She has been involved heavily in the effort to gather signatures to overturn a vote or rather put to uh, the ballot, uh, put it up to you whether or not you'd like to see uh, the overturning of a piece of legislation passed by the Utah legislature. Senator Fillmore was on the task force uh, that put this legislation together, voted for it, uh, and uh, Marcy Campbell here is on the side of folks uh, trying to urge you to sign a petition which would get this on the ballot we left things off talking about uh process we learned uh, about the petition process how it comes about and let me turn now to senator fillmore would you educate us uh, let's say hypothetically that uh that the the folks looking for signatures they do surpass the threshold and they get appropriate representation from the required counties what happens on the legislative side Uh, Well, the law that was passed would just
1: be put on hold, pending a vote of the people. And the the immediate consequence of that would be is that the the tax rebate checks that are set to go to Utah's low-income families and middle-income families would just not be sent. Currently – all families with kids um, and uh, people at the lowest income levels who, are gonna, who need help to be able to, um, just to, uh, on a daily basis, right? So that's why this bill included a, a grocery tax credit that's greater than the amount that any family would spend on tax. And, and those would just be eliminated. And so right now, families would start getting those checks in February and March if this were to qualify for the ballot, then those would be put on hold while the entire law is put on hold. The income tax rate reductions that are scheduled to go into effect really effective January 1st would not go into effect, so people would see that their withholdings would be higher than they would otherwise would be on their regular paychecks. Um, And then that would all be put on hold until
2: a vote of the people would decide this in November. Let me turn to you, Marcy. You made a face just now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why?
0: Because I know it sounds really nice, these prebates. It's it's a The introduction of a new government entity, which just seems quite interesting for a lot of people who consider the legislature and see the legislature as a GOP legislature here in the state of Utah, to introduce another program that taxes are sustaining the program so that you can get more taxes from us. And we are gathering by and large, so many of the middle income and lower income people, families, because they realize in their day-to-day life, the prebate check or the rebate check is an unrealistic way of handling and managing how it's really going to impact their day-to-day life with the food tax and the gas tax. So it's essentially saying, we've decided we don't want your piece of candy we want to eat fruits and vegetables all year long.
2: Is the raising of the food tax partnered with the prebate a net gain or loss for taxpayers? I'll put that question to both of you.
0: It is a net loss for taxpayers because we know how much our budget is for food every week. We know how much our budget is for gas every week. Anything that gets brought into the stores now will be more expensive because it has to be brought in using gas. So that's one hike. And then on top of that, you're going to add sales tax to food. So the people who are living day to day, surviving day to day, who have families, et cetera, there's no way that a prebate check at the beginning of the year is going to be budgeted out for every single day when people are trying to survive. This hurts, especially our poorest community, our poorest of poor. It hurts the most.
2: Senator Fillmore? Yeah,
1: Marcy's just wrong on some of the mathematics here, right? So the independent, nonpartisan analysts, Utah's brightest minds when it comes to economics and tax policy, show that the average family, even very low-income families, are going to see an increase on their food tax of about $50 to $70 per year.
0: Except Except most people don't. File The poorest of the poor don't file taxes. They don't, they're don't. they never going to know how to get the prebate check.
2: So let's let the Senate finish. We'll get right back
1: to that in a second, Marcy. Thank you. Everybody in the state is required to file an income tax return, even if their income tax is zero. If they're not, this legislation created a simple, single-page postcard, appropriated a half million dollars to the Department of Workforce Services to go and find people and help them take advantage of this tax rebate. It's not a new program. It simply is a new refundable tax credit. And the while well, the average family might spend fifty to seventy dollars more in food, and that is inclusive of the sales tax and the increase in gas tax. And again, this is a nonpartisan, uh, independent analysis. It's not put out by any political party. It's just it's put out by the brightest minds in Utah on tax and economic policy. The tax rebate is one hundred and twenty five dollars per person. And what that means is that a family of four making thirty thousand dollars a year is gonna see a net tax cut of five hundred dollars. That is a bigger tax cut than a family of four making $120,000 a year. This program is designed to help those who are least able to help themselves. When it comes to doing that, you know, I I think Marcy's proposal would be to say, let's just leave the sales tax on food the way it is, which would save people about $50 a year. And that's about a 3% discount from what it would be otherwise. But this new grocery tax credit is like an 8% discount on the cost of food. And I just can't. Just mathematically, an 8% discount on the price of food is better than a 3% discount on the cost of food. And that's what this program did to be able to help low-income families. Marcy, did
2: you have something to add?
0: I do. So... I think it's nice to be able to throw different numbers out, et cetera. And that's what the legislature does when they're doing any kind of budget and taxation. But there's an awful lot of way to manipulate numbers. And what I can tell you is I've been looking in the eyes of citizens who have been seeking us out, trying to sign these packets all over the place because they know their lives. They tear up. Time after time after time, story after story, and it's not just me. Everyone is reiterating the same story. They know their day to day life, and that that is not going to be a feasible solution to their day to day life. It just simply is not. There's too many things in this 200 page law with so many pieces of the puzzle that are not being told to the puzzle. I mean, to the public. So I would say go go look online yourself and read the law and see all the different pieces that are involved in this piece. No, so I, many I agree with that
1: completely. Like As I said at the beginning, having citizens engaged on this topic and really learning, what is tax policy? What are these silos that Fillmore is talking about on the sure. show? Right? Why does it matter that we have a, a $670 million income tax cut in the state? And why does that need to be offset by partially offset by a $400 million sales tax increase? There are reasons for that and th- those will be obvious at, at the legislature's website. There's information about how that is and I would encourage everybody uh, to go through and look at those and Numbers and they 'll see the mathematics is really simple. This is a two hundred sixty two million dollar tax cut in 2020 for Utah families. Utah families and taxpayers are going to have hundreds of million dollars more in their pockets this year because of this tax reform
0: and I just think the citizens simply don 't believe that 's the case we 've had so we don 't even have to seek them out they 're trying to find us so that they can sign because they are awake they are reading, they are knowledgeable of what is going on, they've come to the decision, they're finding us in Harmons and Associated
2: Food Stores. Can I see a question, Marcy? The, yes. And this is going to draw on these conversations that you have had with folks. I spoke to someone, I won't, I won't be specific, but a candidate for governor. Uh, we had a conversation, that candidate told me that some of their conversations had included an acknowledgement that yes, there is a net gain or that the you know the personal family economy would, uh, that would experience a, a net gain, that there would be fewer taxes paid, uh, but because of this uh, metering out over time of, uh, of the tax increase, that they would rather, that they would rather I- experience, uh, the, they would rather pay the, the taxes at the current level as opposed to getting the, the prebate uh, all at once. And that they were okay with that. They were, they were okay foregoing a net increase uh, or a net decrease in taxes uh, in an effort to, you know, to find an aid in, in budgeting their, their food monies throughout y- the year. Yes, is I would, that
0: accurate? I would absolutely say the feedback I've gotten from people is they, would, they like a more simple form of taxation. They want to know exactly what's going on. And this law is complicated, etc. So they, they would rather have that. And and I think on top of that, would is rather
2: accept a net increase in, in taxation on their food.
0: So, so not no, not on food. I thought you meant in general. Their per,
2: their their family budget.
0: I see. Okay, so in their family budget, there's been a very visceral visceral negative reaction that people have taxation on food. And I've had people say, "I don't know that it would affect me personally. Me and my family we're okay. We can buy the food regardless. But I can't morally feel comfortable or good about people who might struggle that would not be able to get the healthy food that they need.
2: All right. Time is tight. Uh, I do want to, though, hold on to you for one more segment. Is that all right? Uh, There are a few points I I know, Marcy, you'd like to get through. I'd like to also touch on education. There have been some groups uh, with some physicians. I'd I'd like to work through some of those and hear from the two of you. That'll be next here on this program. In the studio, I have uh, invited Senator Lincoln Fillmore, sits on the Tax Restructuring and Equalization Tax Force, Uh, voted for this measure in the special session of the Utah legislature. What's this measure? It's That big tax reform package we've been talking about for so long also chairs the Senate Tax and Revenue Committee. In studio as well is a citizen who has been uh, fundamentally uh, behind these efforts to gather signatures for the referendum. Marcy Campbell is my guest. We're going back and forth uh, letting these folks speak to you, speak to me, speak to each other on this important uh, issue which is tax reform and why today? Well because uh, the folks on Marcy's side of things they have a deadline coming up uh, January 21st just next Tuesday they need to reach a threshold and so if you see things her way uh, you got to get moving. If not You're in fine shape. Uh, That's all next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.
0: A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade,